This podcast is brought to you by the Eisner-nominated Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska. Hacha! Hey, hey, guys. This is Tyler Levine from Tucker and Dale, and you're listening to the Two-Headed Nerd with Joe and Matt. Those guys. Sort of break it, break it down like this. Broadcasting from the ziggurat deep beneath Omaha, Nebraska, I am here to welcome you to episode 156 of THN, where we're talking comics and nerd news for the week of Wednesday, March 26th. You may notice we are not at Emerald City Comic Con, which we would like to be at because it sounds super awesome, but uh, we po. My name is Matt Baum. You can find me on the Twitter under the handle at Matt Baumstein. And when I'm not trolling Craigslist for women or men to play out my wildest Howard Chaikin comic fantasies, <laughs> I'm writing the Comic Speculator blog for WorthPoint.com. This episode of THN brought to you by Charo Negro. The Charo Negro, the official the drink. The official drink of THN. Chin Chin. We'll have our recipe up on our website if yeah. you guys want to know how to make one. And I'm Joe Patrick. You can find me at JoePatrick116 on the Twitter. And when I'm not calling my co-host a head in front of customers, I'm the manager of Legend Comics and Coffee in Omaha, Nebraska, and the artist slash co-creator of the upcoming hit webcomic series, The Untold Tales of the Two-Headed Nerd. I think there were kids there when that happened, by the way. And he wasn't a customer. He was an employee. In this week's episode, you'll hear our reviews of Silver Surfer, number one, and all-new Ghost Rider, number one. I hate that Can we just call it Ghost Rider? I know, it's so dumb. After that, we'll review 10 more of this week's new comics, faster than Michael Bay can change his script for his upcoming TMNT movie during the ludicrous speed round. Then we'll retire to the THN Sanctum Sanctorum, where Pope Frankus himself will pay us a visit to discuss the secrets of next week's comics. Frankus? Yeah, Pope Frankus. And then it's a very special fifth week episode of THN. So with the coming of spring, it seemed like a good time to discuss our top five weather-wielding characters. Well, I've got my list. I believe it is called Atmokinesis. Atmokinesis. Totally dumb. Looks like we were both <laughs> on the same web pages today. Woo! But before we all stand up and boo the Batman 75th anniversary logo, it's dumb. Let's take a moment to make sure you've all signed up for affordable health care. And props to all of you that did. And then we'll talk about this week's big news. Shilling for Obamacare. Who are we, Rachel Ray? <laughs> reported that DC Comics is surveying its freelance creators in an effort to understand and address creator concerns. In a letter to freelancers, DC President Diane Nelson said, quote, it's a big one, it's a doozy. DC Entertainment is committed to its talent. We have the best, brightest, and most creative partners in any entertainment industry, and we are deeply invested in strengthening, expanding, and energizing how we work together to create the comics we and our fans love. We want to foster an environment conducive to your needs. Our goal is to create a culture that allows top writers and artists to do their best work with the best editorial, marketing, publicity, and external support teams at their disposal. End quote. According to Nelson's letter, all creator responses are confidential and will be reported back to DC by a third party. And Nelson encouraged creators to speak freely with their concerns. News of the survey has prompted a critical response from at least one former freelancer, writer Joshua Hale Fielkov, who walked away from Green Lantern Corps over DC's rumored plan to kill Jon Stewart, tweeted, quote, It might be more useful if you reached out to the talent you scared off for their feedback. <laughs> Matt Baum, what do you think? Is DC finally addressing these concerns a good thing, or is it too little too late? This kind of seems like the vote they had in the Ukraine to <laughs> like rejoin Russia, where the ballot said, Do you want to rejoin Russia? 
check yes. And there was no no box. <laughs> you know, like, are you happy at DC Comics? Check yes. You know? <laughs> this I, is dumb. This no, is it's stupid. not. Listen, it's not dumb. I mean, it is very... Diane, you want to know if creators are happy? Get on the internet and read what they've been saying and, about your look, company. DC, <laughs> DC is owned by a giant corporation. I get that. They are dealing with employees here. It can't all be dealt with like internet culture. I'm not saying it can all be dealt with like internet culture, and, but like... I'm not defending them i'm saying there's obviously issues yes and and big issues right so dc has also it appears recognized that and is taking some at least some step to kind of figure out what's going on but to me it seems like an indicator of what i think is the main problem with dc of late it's all so very very corporate yes and this strikes me as a very, very corporate move as well. Right. So, like, instead of... There's why, been some uh, rumors around the office that some of you aren't happy. So, <laughs> like, we've got this uh, questionnaire we'd like to fill out. Why? So, my question, I guess, is why aren't Dan DiDio, Jim Lee, and Jeff Johns having personal conversations with these people whom they actually know? Right. Instead of having this questionnaire come down from their corporate overlords. I don't want to see it as a bad thing. Like it seems like a nice gesture. What took them so long for one. Yeah. And it's very impersonal. It's, it's very impersonal. It's downright silly. Diane, you want to know what's going wrong right now? Give Mark way a call. Give him a call. Talk to him. Trust me. It's in your best interest. In other DC news, the publisher has announced the expansion of their Earth One graphic novel line. 2014, we'll see the release of Teen Titans Earth One by Jeff Lemire and Terry and Rachel Dodson. The book will feature Cyborg, Changeling, Raven, Starfire, Jericho, and Terra, presented in a different light than we might be used to. Lemire was tight-lipped about the story's details, but stated that, like the other books in the line, these Titans are the only superheroes on their world, so sidekick characters like Robin, Kid Flash, Wonder Girl, and Aqualad don't exist, at least not yet. Lemire says he sees his Titan story as a trilogy and hopes to expand the cast along the way. DC also announced sequels for Superman and Batman Earth-1 and confirmed that Grant Morrison's Wonder Woman Earth-1 is still moving forward. However... Very slowly. <laughs> Joe, are you happy to see the Earth One brand expanding or did the new 52 reboot make the line completely redundant? I don't know. I like I liked I liked Batman Earth One a whole lot. While I wasn't 100 percent in love with the Superman Earth Ones, I think the idea of this line is a good one. It's not just that they're continuity free, but they're also free of the baggage of the shared universe, which means they don't have to explain how it tie-ins to anything else. It's like telling a movie version of Superman or got, the Teen Titans in comic going. book form. Now, Devil's Advocate, wasn't that the point of the New 52 universe? Yes and no, but I mean, the, the New 52, even right out of the gate, had obvious flaws. In parts, it clung to old continuity. It couldn't decide what continuity counted and what continuity well, didn't. It, and regardless of those continuity right. problems, it was still all tied into one big universe. No, I'll give you that. Okay, so Superman is still going to be by J. Michael Straczynski yes. and Adrian Syaf. I really don't need any more of the Superman Earth One. I, I just don't care about it at all. I did like the Batman Earth One was interesting. And Jeff Lemire is a talented guy. Maybe Teen Titans will be interesting. I This doesn't get me real excited. I would rather, as we've said a million times, I would rather they address the problems with the New 52. Sure. Rather than, you know, moving into another universe even. Well, let me address it from a different perspective. I don't think you and I are necessarily the audience for these books. No, not at all. 
And as a retailer, I can tell you that I have sold truckloads of Earth One books to really? people that have never read. And, and if that's working, good. So I think that it's a valuable tool in that regard. It's just that they also need to have something equally good for those people to springboard to. Right. They go, oh, this is great. I want more. Can I read? Oh, are there more Tyrion Titans comics I can yeah, read? Yeah, they're terrible. Um, <laughs> hold on. I've got these ones here. They're 30 years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're by Marv Wolfman. <laughs> you should try these. <laughs> but I, I will say that I am excited for Grant Morrison's Wonder Woman. It's sure. drawn by Yannick Paquette, who is an amazing artist. I'm excited for more of the Batman. I'm happy to be done with the Superman one, yeah, but it was their huge hit. Uh, like their runaway hit. That book made um, a lot of money for DC. Well, if we're lucky, Straczynski won't finish it. So, hey, well, they've switched artists. It used to be by Shane Davis announced by Adrian Syaf, which is, I mean, I like him a lot. He's really good. I'm not a huge fan. Oh, I like him. I think his art is kind of ordinary. I think you're kind of ordinary. I am. I'm just an ordinary man. No, please. You're extraordinary, Joe Patrick. Yay! <laughs> Finally, Marvel Comics has announced this year's Spider-Man event. Last compliment you'll ever get from me. <laughs> wow. Sorry. <laughs> Spider-Verse. The five-part storyline will be written by longtime Spidey writer Dan Slott with art by Olivier Coipel. The story kicks off with a prelude in Marvel's free comic book day issue, followed by the first chapter in November's Amazing Spider-Man number nine. Let's think about that for a second. Number one comes out in April. Yep. In November, they'll be at number nine. Yep. <laughs> Simple math. Spider-Verse centers on the return of the villain Morlun and his quest to kill every Spider-Man throughout the multiverse. Slot says readers can expect, quote, thousands of Spider-Men to appear during the series, as well as alternate versions of Peter Parker's friends and loved ones. Quote, we didn't want to sell anything short. If there is a Spider-Man out there, we wanted him in this. You don't want to hold back on any single guy, be it Spider-Man fairy tales or the Mangaverse or whatever. <laughs> Slot also revealed that this storyline was originally planned for Superior Spider-Man and that he was encouraged to save it for after Peter's return during a Marvel Creative Summit. Quote, for me, one of the big changes, it was Moriarty leading a team of Sherlock's when it was Doc Ock. Here's the flip side of the mirror. Here's Hyde with a team of Jekylls. With Peter, it's a completely different feeling and on some levels an even greater meaning. You want not just a, a Spider-Man, but the one true Spider-Man that's been Spidey since Amazing Fantasy 15. End quote. Thank you. You always forget to do that. Matt, does this sound like a crisis of infinite Spider-Mans or are you trusting Dan Slott with your manga Spidey? Oh man, I don't trust very many people with my manga Spidey. <laughs> this sounds so friggin' cool and I'm totally excited. There's an image, I think Brian Michael Bendis put it up on his Tumblr and it was this huge sprawling layout. Yeah, it's like um it's like the New It's New all the covers linked together. It's Gabriel yeah. Delato. And it's like a New York skyline filled with every version of Spider-Man you can possibly think of. So cool looking. Yeah. Oh my god. This is going to be a ton of fun. And this is like right out of the wacky dance lot playbook. It's right. Like just when you thought it couldn't go more berserk, you know, <laughs> it's true. It's true. And I love this kind of thing. Like, you know, Spider-Man is a character that a lot of people kind of think is more grounded or at least he's not a cosmic character. Right. Obviously, uh, I would say Spider-Man is the one character in the Marvel Universe with no rules. Right. Right. And that's <laughs> yeah, that's my point is that he, he might have this kind of people that might have this perception of him. But he works so well in so many different kinds. You yeah. want Spider-Man to time travel? Sure. No problem. You want him to go uh, through multiple dimensions and meet 
a thousand different versions of them. Why so, not? Yeah, of course. Like it's a no brainer. I think it sounds like a ton of fun. Something to add. Marvel also announced on the same day, Spider-Man 2099 ongoing series written by Peter David. I saw that. With art by uh, Will Sliney, who, uh, who he was drawing Fearless Defenders. Oh, he's good. So I'm excited for that. That'll it's be fun. Miguel O'Hara is in 2014 now. He's trapped in right. present day. So it's going to be about him trying to, I guess, I don't know if he'll be trying to prevent his own future. And now he's working because now for his the evil grandfather is in charge of this company. Yeah, he's the insider man now. Yeah, his his young grandfather is. He's working for him. That's right. So it's really interesting. And I love the idea that Spider-Man 2099 is here where he can meet Peter anytime. I love it. Yeah. Super cool. That's the big news for this week. If you'd like to talk about these stories or anything and everything that you think we missed, hit us up on the Two-Headed Nerd forums where you can also post your art submissions for the untold tales of the Two-Headed Nerd Mangaverse. Oh, man, man. It's an alternate reality where we're Japanese. And, like, Beeps is like a giant robot that I ride. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you're still just Joe Patrick. What? That's just how it goes. Why can't I be something Because cool? in all, every manga, you have to have, like, a fumbling sidekick, you know? You're comic relief. You'll be funny. Don't worry. Every Friday, the alternate universe version of Joe Patrick posts the question of the week in our Two-Headed Nerd web forum, which you can find by clicking the link at TwoHeadedNerd.com. Joe, what do we ask the listeners this week? This week's question, what is your favorite alternate reality version of an existing character or team? I love this. For example, Ultimate Spider-Man, Russian Superman, The Crime Syndicate, etc. Listen up, fools. We're about to lay down some harsh justice here. We have to do it. Too many people are calling in. It's a good thing. It's a good problem. And we love it. But because of that, one answer per person. Please. Boil it down. One answer. When we say favorite, we mean favorite. Don't call up with your list of four or five. No alternates. Leave the banter to us. That's our job. Pick your favorite. You can call us and leave a message with your answer using Skype. Our Skype panel is two at a nerd, all one word. Looks like Jason Sexier tried to call Skype. Didn't work out for him. Sorry, Jace. You can also reach us at the Ziggurat hotline, 402-819-4894. Remember, you got to keep that short or you'll get cut off. You can also send us an MP3 to twoheadednerd at gmail.com. But again, we don't have all night. We got a lot of people who want airtime. It's true. Respect your fellow contributors. If you need more time than that, feel free to write your full answer in the question of the week section of the THN web forum. This is the place for your alternates and your other suggestions. Your top 10. Yeah. Your top 50. You can post like photos, photo examples, movies. Yeah. Little YouTube clips, pictures of you on the toilet. <laughs> yeah. Like whatever you want. What? What? Not, uh, nothing. Never mind. What kind of forums are you going you to? Can private message those to me. If you would like. <laughs> It's review time on THN where Matt and I cash a check from Marvel Comics and then tell you guys how much we enjoyed the two comics Joey Q chose for us to review. Nice guy. Yeah. Joe. Matt. Me. Matt, what were you paid to love this week? This week, I read all new Ghost Rider number one from Marvel. This is written by Felipe Smith with art by Trad Moore. I think it's probably just Felipe. I'm going Felipe. Okay. Yeah, I like that better. Ghost Rider gets the Marvel Now treatment, and not only is he driving a car this time, but he's also Hispanic. Here we see a fast and furious take on the Ghost Rider as a young mechanic working on a muscle car with a cargo that gets him killed after a very fast and furious street race. 
complete with Little John as the ringleader. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I call myself a Ghost Rider fan, but I do love the idea of the spirit of vengeance, the flaming skull, punishing the guilty. And we really don't get any of that here until the last page. Spoiler alert. But I understand that Smith is setting up a brand new character. That's like saying, hey, you, that shirt makes you look fat. No offense. <laughs> <laughs> saying spoiler alert after the fact. <laughs> I suppose. Well, they know Ghost Rider's got to show up sooner or later. Come on. I like that they took a little bit of time to develop this character, but there wasn't a whole lot of development with him. We see he's got a handicapped brother and he's getting picked on and he's taking care of them. And he doesn't appear to have any parents. It's kind of just him and his brother, I think. And I didn't have a problem with it. It was what it was. If it wasn't for Trad Moore's amazing art, I might call this guilty of too much setup, but Moore's strong stylistic visuals were enough to keep me in the story and even went as far as to make a car chase, something that famously should never be attempted in comic format, look really, really good. There's just no way to talk about this without the Fast and Furious references. Maybe the fact that I've been lazily watching the movies after Paul Walker's death has softened me to the idea of this ridiculous, dated, and mythical street racing culture, but I can't help but think that Marvel might be cashing in on the idea and injecting some Latino ethnicity into their lineup at the same time. Regardless, this was fun. It was free of the gigantic pseudo-religious magical baggage that has bogged down most ghostwriter stories. So far. So far. <laughs> the real star here, though, is Trad Moore's art, and I'm really excited to see what he can do with this character. Props to Marvel for giving a guy with a fairly bizarre art style a shot at a major title. It's not something you'd see at some other companies. I'm giving this a buy it. Okay. <laughs> I think it's nice that this version of Ghost Rider doesn't look like every other nine and a half out of ten Marvel characters. Right. I think that the change in setting is interesting. And I'll be real honest with you. I kind of love the whole Fast and the Furious vibe. I know you do. Not because I, I, I like it not too. Not because I like really relate to that sort of thing. Obviously, I've never been in a street race. I don't own oh, a muscle car. Don't lie, Joe Patrick. I don't know how to put nitrous boosters on you my were, Saturn. You were fishtailing down I-80 earlier today. <laughs> I've never Tokyo drifted. <laughs> it's just drifting. It's not necessarily Tokyo drifting. Uh, <laughs> there's just a sincerity that comes like in those movies, like the tone of those movies. Like... <laughs> They're, they're a they're a familia and they're honor bound well, and they blah, know, blah blah blah. Let's not get into this, but they know exactly what they are. It's not very deep, right? No. But I, I do like it. It's it's it, it is what it is. It's all right. It is exactly what it appears, and I, I liked it. I don't know. I love the idea that he's caring for his disabled brother, and uh, that he's this hot-tempered but loyal guy that yeah. is getting into trouble because he's trying to protect his family. They um, are going to need to explain why he's Ghost Rider, and are there still two other Ghost Riders? Like, we need to... Well, Johnny Blaze is in Thunderbolts. I mean, that's a fact. Yeah, so there's so still there's, that one. Right, and they say in the back matter, there's a thing about, you know, how this is a different Ghost Rider. Right. And I'm confident that they'll explain it. Like, is he the spirit of vengeance? Is there more than one spirit of vengeance? Does it possess more than one person? Why is there more than one spirit of vengeance? Right. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Marvel can say whatever they want about mm -hmm. this concept. If they want to say that the spirit of vengeance chooses multiple people, then who cares? Yeah, fine. But but tell us. I'm confident that they will get to it. Sure. And while I agree that this was a lot of setup with 
very little forward momentum with the actual concept. Mm -hmm. It moved very fast, which is appropriate. Yeah. It didn't really feel like I was slogging through anything. No, it wasn't boring. Yeah, no. Uh, And visually, it is stunning. This is the best work I've seen from Trad. It's stunning. It's it's really really, glorious. This is his breakout performance, and I can't wait to see more. Yeah, so, I mean, is it earth-shattering? No. Is it fun? You bet. Better. Here's a better point. Ghost Rider's never been earth shattering. Ghost Rider's That's, just been Ghost Rider. He's right. been, he's badass. His head's on fire. It's right. cool. Like it's a little trashy. Yeah. It's a little. It's pulpy. It's yeah. ridiculous. And I I liked it a lot. I'm giving it a buy. Yeah. We don't go to Ghost Rider to have like an Atlas shrug reaction. <laughs> Who killed Danny Cash? Yeah. This is not Nabokov. We're talking about. Joe Patrick, tell me about Silver Surfer number one. I will. This is from Marvel Comics. I refuse. (laughs) (laughs) Also from Marvel Comics, written by Dan Slott, with art by Mike and Laura Alred. Silver Surfer is arguably one of the most highly anticipated titles to come out of Marvel now. Dan Slott and Mike Alred present a version of Norrin Rad that harkens back to the navel-gazing surfer of the 60s and 70s, the guy that stands on his surfboard just kind of slouching, but still standing up. Our friend Jack Gilrath called him the king of soul pain. Soul pain, right, right. (laughs) It's like... Alone in the cosmos. But they still are able to add something new to the mythos. The surfer is soaring the spaceways, helping civilizations in peril when he's recruited, or more accurately coerced, into saving the hidden city planet, the Empiricon. I love how Slot Silver Surfer, who considers himself the galaxy's greatest explorer, a student of the universe, is like really hurt. Yeah. <laughs> because the existence of the Empiricon has been kept a secret like, from him. What? Wait a minute. How there's tens of millions of people here and nobody, they're all keeping it quiet. Nobody told me. <laughs> yeah. And I love the idea that the reason for that is like the first rule of the Empiricon is you don't talk about the goddamn Empiricon. Because if the Heralds of Galactus find out it exists, yeah. it's is immediately a target. Yeah, the second rule is you don't say anything to Heralds. Old or new, right? <laughs> you know, X or present. And you know? I just thought that that was a neat idea. As a contrast to the out of this world elements, Slot and Allred pepper the issue with scenes from the Earthbound Life of Dawn, the girl destined to become the Surfer's traveling companion. As the Surfer revels in the impossible, Dawn takes comfort in the mundane. I think it's interesting because it's never presented like Dawn's life is lacking in any way. No, she's happy. Even yeah, even though she, her twin sister is like this globe trotting adventurer, you know, her twin sister all this Eve. Thing. Dawn and Eve, right. Uh, Dawn always wears polka dots. Eve always wears stripes. It's cute. Dawn has a good life. She's happy where she is. She's content. Yeah. I'm curious to see how these two wildly different characters interact. The art by Mike and Laura Allred is sublime. Mike's art is deceptively simple, but full of rich detail and emotion. And Laura's colors add a perfect pop art feel that's absolutely essential to the tone of the book. Totally. It's a no-brainer. I love this issue, and I think it's a great reintroduction to a character that's been too serious for his own good for too long. It's an absolute buy it for me. You know what this reminded me of? One of my favorite comic series of all time, Mike Barron and Steve Rude's Nexus. Sure. It's wacky, cosmic, fun, totally bizarre, exactly what the Silver Surfer should be. The Surfer got too bogged down in that hyper serious Shakespearean like cosmic opera. And I liked that stuff too, but you can't do it again and again and again. Everyone loved Daredevil yeah. from Bendis's run all the way through Brubaker's run yes. and uh, Andy Diggle's run. But when Mark Wade came on, 
It was like taking a deep breath after yeah. holding it for 10 years. Yes. And this is kind of what that felt like. Yeah, absolutely. This is a, it's, it's a new creative team with a fun take on the Silver Surfer. We've never considered the Silver Surfer, quote, fun before. <laughs> right. And I'm excited that he is. I'm, this is a gigantic buy it for me. Go pick this up now. If you didn't buy it, you're wrong. Go get this. There you go. So that's a double buy it for both Silver Surfer number one and all new Ghost Rider number one. Of course, we want to know what you wielders of the power cosmic and skull faced drag racers thought of these comics. So channel the unimaginable power of the universe into your engines, hit the gas and burn your opinions into the digital pavement over at the this week's comic section of the THN forums, which you can find by clicking the forum button I feel at like twoeditednerd.com. I feel like I deserve an award for that metaphor. That's that was, really good. It was really something. After Joe and I led a mob of angry TMNT fans to Michael Bay's doorstep, complete with pitchforks and torches, when news hit the net that the turtles in his movie were going to be aliens, he had no choice but to listen to our demands and rewrite his script just in time for the teaser trailer to hit the web. Now, sit back and watch as Joe spins his nunchakos in celebration at blinding speeds as we review 10 of this week's new comics during the ludicrous speed round. Ludicrous speed, go! Skull Kickers 25 from Image. Have we told you what a sweetheart Camarillo Brillo that is lately? friggin' guy. This man loves Skull Kickers so much that he bought a copy of this issue for every single profile customer at Legend. The series starts off its fifth arc with a recap of the story so far. There's a lot going on, but a new reader should have enough information to pick up the story. This is such a fun, D&D-esque, buddy cop-style adventure series with really great art. I've never gone back and read the earlier issues, but I plan to now. So if nothing else, Camarillo has converted one new fan. Buy it, unless someone else buys it for you. Another Legend customer was like, what's that dude trying to f- I <laughs> <laughs> love that he didn't trust it. Trying to get into heaven. <laughs> Real Heroes, number one from Image. Brian Hitch is back with a new miniseries about what would happen if the cast of the Marvel Avengers movie was pulled into an alternate dimension and forced to become real heroes. It's a clever... Oh, just like the title. Yeah, it's a clever enough idea, but the execution isn't up to snuff here. There's a brief reference to the Twin Towers falling that's quickly swept away by a big, fake Hollywood superhero fight scene in a fake blockbuster Hollywood movie. I don't know if this is too meta or just poorly executed, but I really didn't care at all by the end. Even Hitch's art wasn't as impressive as normal. Yikes. Yeah, I can only give this a skim it. Sounds like I'll leave it to me. Uh, I haven't read it yet, though. I mean, it wasn't poorly written. Leave it. Survive, number one, from Marvel. What a complete waste of paper this was. Wow. Yeah, (laughs) there, believe it. BM Bendis phones in a script that doesn't really set up anything that won't already be found in the new number ones. The art by Joe Quinones is awkward. Most of the characters look like children in grown-up clothes. I love that guy's covers, but I am not a fan of his interior work. Don't get me wrong, I'm really excited for Michael Fifa's new Ultimates book. Like, a lot. But reading this just served as a reminder that the Ultimate Universe is so far removed from what made it special. Don't waste your time. 
Leave it. Sorry, Ben. Blackout, number one from Dark Horse. Writer Frank Barberi brings Blackout out of the pages of Dark Horse Presents into its own series, and if you weren't paying attention, you're going to be lost. That said, it's a great premise and a very believable flawed hero story. The art by Cody Loramir is exceptional here. I want to give this a solid buy it because I read the DHP stuff and I really enjoyed it, but like I said, you could be lost if you didn't, so I could only give this a really good skimming. Why didn't they put out a zero issue like I they do with everything know. else? I don't get it. Like, they just went right into next issue, which is number one. Like, what? <laughs> Man. <laughs> the bonker. Number two from Oni. <laughs> Listeners may remember that I wasn't too keen on the first issue of this series, but I'm happy to say that this issue turned me around. I was going to say, you were wrong. It's starting to look like these messages from the future aren't as truthful as the cast has been led to believe. I'm still having a hard time connecting to the characters, but the story is shaping up into something really interesting, and I love the art. It's going to be a TV series soon. I'm giving it a buy it. Don't sleep on it. Star Slammers Remastered, number one from IDW. For one reason or another, the good people at IDW saw fit to reprint Walt Simonson's 1994 space epic from Malibu Comics, and I'm glad they did. I'm not sure why they did, but this is Simonson sci-fi at its best, and the remastered colors don't get in the way at all. If you love Walt like I do and want to see what happens when he's untethered by superhero continuity, this is a huge buy. Sandman Overture, number two from DC Vertigo. Neil Gaiman and J.H. Williams III are back after a five-month wait between issues. It's strange to say that it's been worth the wait because I found the story to be so mind-bendingly complex that it was almost incomprehensible. Wow. However, the parts that I could follow were lovely. It had a couple of unexpected turns, and the art is so damn good it hurts. I love Sandman, even when I don't always get it. It's definitely worth the wait for me. Buy it. Yeah, these assholes are going to win all the Eisner. Yeah, right. Iron Patriot. They can win best miniseries for like three years in a row yeah, at this pace. Why not? Iron Patriot number one from Marvel. James Rhodes gets yet another series this time with writer Ailes Cott steering the ship, and Cott does a nice job of reintroducing us to Rhodey the Man. Not the unstoppable Transformer killing machine that was written out of continuity from the last War Machine series, but a man who believes in his country wearing an American flag and serving the U.S. Cot also introduces Rhodey's father and niece, giving him a family that we've never seen. This issue wasn't heavy on action, but it did make James Rhodes seem more human than he's been in a while, and the art of Gary Brown was very effective in giving the comic book a real-world political feel. I don't understand why people were upset with this one. There's reviewers that hated it. I'm giving it a buy it. Boom. Pecos Bill, number three, from Coloring Book Press. Look. I was waiting for you to say it for some reason. I don't know. <laughs> Look, I can't keep reviewing books that my friends put out. Especially ones that I actually contributed to. I like that you're calling yourself out at so many levels. I've got my journalistic integrity to consider. That said, Brian DuPont's Pecos Bill is always a ton of fun to read. I genuinely laughed out loud several times reading this, and while his figure drawing style might be a little less developed than some artists, his rock-solid grasp on drawing fundamentals like perspective, texture, and shading make this a visual treat. Seriously, it's really good-looking. That splash page of Tesla and his pigeon standing over Bill makes me giggle every time I, I see it. It's like this extreme forced perspective, like from the viewpoint of Bill. Don't, don't. Staring up at Tesla with these tasers attached to him and then this pigeon. 
which is like right. <laughs> okay. It's hilarious. This is a definite buy it. I'll put a link to his site in the show notes. Support self-published artists and uh, maybe pick up the Joe Patrick variant cover while you're at it. <laughs> Integrity Schmegrity. Wow. Integrity and Schmegrity. <laughs> Rocky and Bullwinkle, number one from IDW. Look, I don't see a dime. Mark, I only did it to help out my buddy. Mark Evanier and Roger Langridge step up to the plate, point into the outfield and knock this one clear out of the park and perfectly capture the spirit of Jay Ward's 1960s cartoon classic. The humor was laugh out loud funny. The art was perfect. This is the perfect chance for old dads to introduce Rocky the Flying <laughs> Squirrel and Bullwinkle Moose to their kids. This was so it was wonderful. It was delightful. It was hilarious. Buy it. I love this. sound of Natasha accidentally dropping a safe on her partner in evil Boris as seen in the pages of Rocky and Bullwinkle number one. After his meeting with President Obama this week, Pope Francis, along with Beta Ray Bill, Dudley Durate's horse named Horse, and a representative of the Chimelian race, Alefire Whitemane, Whitey, really? Yeah. From Power Pack? Yeah, Whitey's there. You'll see why. Joined us in the THN Sanctum Sanctorum for the first of what Matt promised will be an annual conference on an issue that the world can no longer ignore, the growing brony population <laughs> and how to stop it. While Whitemane and Bill were busy arguing on the definition of bestiality, the Pope was kind enough to share his shipment of next week's comics. That guy. He gets them early. The privileges. Now tell me about it. Matt, what does Pope Frank have you excited for next Wednesday? Next Wednesday, I am pumped up for Caliban number one from Avatar. This is written by Garth Ennis with art by Facundo Perseo. I feel good about that. Sure. Here's your solicit, master storyteller, Garth Ennis, and fashion beast artist, Facundo Percio, team up to deliver a haunting new epic of science fiction horror. The crew of the Caliban travels hyperspace on nothing more than a routine trip for the giant vessel. Just human beings that have been inside a bit too long, confident of no other life in the galaxy and all of the vastness of space to remind them how far they are from home. But when an impossible accident suddenly causes the Caliban to slam into an abandoned alien ship, a nightmare in space begins to unfold. Ennis delivers his unique brand of flawed characters, spot-on dialogue, and trademark flair for the unexpected in a new series in the vein of Alien. This is the beginning of the end for the crew of the Caliban. This is going to be fun. Watching Event Horizon ruined my life for oh, months. Oh, oh, man, I love that movie. <sighs> Creepy sci-fi, by far my favorite kind. Joe Patrick, what are you excited for? Finally, Inhuman number one from Marvel Comics, written by not Matt Fraction, but Charles Soule. Now that Matt Fraction is dead. Right, with art by <laughs> Joe Madureira. Here's your solicit. The newest superheroes of the Marvel Universe are born. A cloud of Terrigen Mist is moving around the world, turning regular people into Inhumans with amazing powers. But not everyone thinks this is a good thing. Discover the secret history of the Marvel Universe and get in at the ground floor of the next big Marvel franchise. That started four months ago. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've been excited. I, I know that I said inhuman, the inhumanity stuff has kind of lost steam and it has. But I am excited for Joe Mad to come back to comics. And I'm interested to see somebody actually following the lives of these new Inhumans, how well, they relate to the royal family. They need to address this. It's a big thing that happened. It's been a long time coming, and it's been massively delayed. 
It's finally here. I'm excited for it. And more work from Soul. Good thing. Absolutely. The THN Trade of the Week is Black Metal, number three, from Oni Press. It's written by Rick Spears with art by Chuck Beebe. Here's your solicit. The end is nigh! Brothers Sam and Sean Stronghand lie murdered and rotting in the grave. Satan, wielding his god-killing swords, begins his ascent towards heaven to wage war against the angels and the Almighty himself. But all is not lost. From the blackest void comes a force darker than the Prince of Darkness. Bear witness. That's really dark. <laughs> Tell me about it. Bear witness to the epic conclusion of this blackest and most metal of trilogies. Behold, the end is upon you. <laughs> this series wow. is so much damn fun. Rick Spears is a crazy person. Chuck Beebe has fantastic art. It is the most metal thing you will ever read. Tons of fun. Pick this up. Go pick up one and two if you didn't. Of course, we want to know what you're looking forward to reading next week. So after you're done persecuting your local bronies and the horses that love them, let us know what you're planning on reading over at the THN forums. A bunch of sick freaks. Listen. Sick fuzzy freaks. (laughs) Matt doesn't speak for me. The bronies are peaceful people. Are they furries or are they fuzzies? No, they are not furries. One, two, three, four, five. Back in the day, when a month had five weeks, comic companies used to have crazy fifth-week events that saw forgettable crossovers, female versions of male characters, monkeys, zombies, you name it, nothing was off the table. Here at THN, we like to do our own little fifth-week event where we do our top five countdown! That's right, spring is here and the weather is changing, so we thought that this would be a perfect time to count down our top five favorite weather wielders we ain't just talking characters that make things really hot or really cold nope these are people that control the weather they gotta do stuff with the weather matt bomb let's get right to it what's your number five my number five comes out of the wild storm universe uh-huh. she was so hot yeah so sexy sarah rainmaker from gen 13 super hot apache lesbian and tree hugging activist she uh she could make it rain control storms and stuff she was great. i thought her name, i thought she was like make a break <laughs> yeah 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 she threw one dollar bills out all over the place <laughs> joe patrick what's your number five all right look it's really hard to come up with five different weather controlling characters outside of people that just make it really hot or really cold okay <laughs> my number five and it's a doozy oh boy black bison from DC Comics. I don't know that I even know who that is. Black Bison was a man named John Ravenhair who was possessed by the spirit of his cult leader great-grandfather, Bison Black as Midnight Sky. <laughs> he put on a bison headdress, grabbed his magical weather-controlling staff, and made life miserable for Firestorm for many years before getting murdered by the Spectre. Sounds like a real jerk. In Day of Vengeance. Wow. Black Bison. Okay. Controlled the weather. I had no idea. Matt Bomb, hit us with your number four. My number four, and you might fight me on this one a little bit. Oh, I'm ready. (laughs) But I'm ready for you. My number four goes to Red Tornado from DC Comics. Remember the Justice League? Started off as an android built by T.O. Morrow, who could shoot blasts of wind from his hands and feet and also spin around and make tornadoes. Later on, we found out that after he was controlled by two air elementals, he was granted the power of said air elementals and can actually create tornadoes. He controls the weather. He controls airflow. 
Red Tornado. Okay, that's fine because my number four. <laughs> okay, I love this. We're splitting hairs. My number four is Texas Twister. Oh, hey. <laughs> no, I'll allow it. Just any mention of the Texas Twister is. <laughs> Texas Twister is a Marvel character, an unashamed cowboy. Member of the Avengers Initiative. Yes, he was uh, a, a member of the Rangers, the yeah. Texas team. Yep. Given the ability to create twisters. Shooting star was there too, wasn't he? Uh, probably. Okay. <laughs> Given the ability to create twisters due to simultaneous exposure to a tornado and a nuclear reactor. <laughs> science. Whoops. It's, it's science. Don't argue with it. He it's was science. eating a bag of goldfish when he was struck by lightning and now he can make fish shoot lightning out of them. <laughs> and what made me pick him and not somebody like Whirlwind who just spins real fast. Yeah. Texas Twister has the ability to project the center of his tornado outside of his body. Is so he, he can make tornadoes. Let's keep on rolling to number three. I love that we both did tornado characters <laughs> for number four. That was awesome. <laughs> number three, and it's obvious she has to be on this list. It's Storm. Let's move on. And she's my number three, too. Oh, really? Yeah. I love this. Yeah. Storm. Aurora Monroe, our favorite X-Man weather wielder. I mean, come on. How could she not be there? That's right. The, the the goddess herself. Yeah. And she's freaky powerful. Yeah, she is. Not really a goddess. Just a mutant. Worshipped as a goddess. Yeah. So you want to jump to your number two? Why not? Let's do it out of order. Go ahead. My number two, even though he's probably number one in my heart, is the Weather Wizard, a member of the Flash Rogues Gallery. Not on my list. <laughs> he has a wand that controls the weather. Called the Weather Wand. The Weather Wand. <laughs> and what is kind of shifty about the weather, not kind of, what is shifty about the weather wizard is that he didn't invent, he didn't even invent that thing. His brother invented it and he stole it. Yeah, he killed him and stole it, right? And now he's the weather wizard. A real Robs banks, hangs out with the rogues, fights the flash. I'm a sucker for the flash rogues. Who's the weather warlock? There was like a group of like replacement rogues okay. that kind of like tried to steal their shtick and weather warlock I think was one of them. Gotcha. Okay. He's a pretender. <laughs> Matt Bomb, give me your number two. My number two. Goes to Beta Ray Bill. If your list is going the way I think it's going, I am going to call shenanigans. Feel free. Beta Ray Bill carries Stormbringer, has all the same powers as Mjolnir. He could summon the lightning. He could summon the storms. He's got a horse face. He already appeared in our Sanctum Sanctorum. How could I not put him on this list? Beta Ray Bill. His hammer is called Stormbringer. <laughs> I move that he be disqualified on the grounds that he is identical to my number one character. Oh, well, guess what? He's identical to my number <laughs> one character, too. You're a cheater. <laughs> Our joint number one weather wielder is, of course, Thor. The mighty Thor, god of thunder. He has to be. One of my favorite things about Thor, and it's always the most impressive thing, Thor's not there. It's getting hairy. we got a real problem. And then, Boom! Huge bolt of lightning, and Thor is standing there. Like, oh man, so cool! Hell yeah! It's like one of the most iconic things about the character. Right, I love it. And you might think, whoa, 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 whoa! He's the god of thunder, not the god of weather. Don't give me that crap. Mm. Thor controls the weather. He makes storms and he stuff. He summons the storms. Yeah. Creates vortexes. Brings the lightning. He's the real deal. Total weather wielding badass. I was going to say he's the stormy badass. <laughs> he's the weather wieldiest. <laughs> that was painless. Okay. I was going to throw out and I took it off my list. What do you think of this? Captain Marvel. Shazam? Yeah. No. The magical lightning? The magical lightning is only used to transform him. It's not. Now. In Mark Wade's story. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. It's not like he can't, like, create a storm. We see him strike Superman down with the lightning. 
He calls. He calls he the calls lightning. He calls for down. the lightning and then just gets out of its way. It's yeah. not like he's projecting it or anything. Okay. It's, I, I say no. He's down on my list, and I ended I up get, taking him off. I I'm say just no curious where you stood. I really wanted to put Iceman on my list more so even than characters like the Human Torch or any other kind of like right. elemental type. Iceman's whole deal, like in the '90s and and up till now, is that. He's so much more powerful than anybody realized. He's right. an Omega level mutant. Right. He can rebuild himself from a snowflake. Um, That's a category for another day, though. That's ele- characters with elemental powers. Oh, jeez. Water, fire, ice, and wood. Oh, man. Let's, <laughs> let's do that for like Earth Sorry. Day. That's the Battle Beasts. I apologize. <laughs> let's do that for Earth Day. Battle Beasts. That is our top five weather wielder countdown. We want to hear all about your top five weather wielders. And whether or not we got this rider. See what I did there? Weather? Weather? Yeah? Yeah, I get it. Okay. Just acknowledge it. That's all I ask. So go to the THN forums. We're going to put up our top five list. We want you to discuss them, and we'd love to hear yours. We are? Sounds like I just got volunteered for something. You sure did. Sort of of, break it it down like this. And that is it for another Wacky Fits Week episode of THN. If you can count to five, too, then you should subscribe to this show on iTunes or Stitcher or tune in where we still need your iTunes star ratings and reviews, your Stitcher thumbs up, or your tune in hearts because it helps us to connect with other potential listeners. Thanks to our latest donor, Casual Comics Guy. And when we get new sustaining members like Jason Sexier, our shared heart skips a beat. It's weird. If you'd like to help keep us in tequila and Cokes. The aforementioned Charo Negro. You can make your donation. Turns out the recipe is real simple. Yeah, pour some in and then pour some of this in. You can make your donation in any amount. We're mixologists. Using our fun to push little PayPal button. I hate mixologists. I'm allergic to mixologists. At 2 Shut up. I'm just getting that out there. And if you want to become a sustaining member, it's as easy as clicking the Make This Donation Monthly box. And as we say every month, every week. All the time. As little as a <laughs> dollar a month. Every month. It really every does week. help. <laughs> all day long. While you're there, you can find links to all of our contact info via Twitter, YouTube, where you'll be able to find our episodes real soon here. I'm not going to go back and do them all. I'm just going to do the new ones. Sorry. I've got a life and I'm a sex addict, so I'm busy. Facebook, Skype, and our Ziggurat hotline, 402-819-4894. Using this damn dumb amount of resources, you can beg the comic pushers for reading suggestions. You can defend your questionable comic taste in front of the honorable two-headed judge. Or you can ask us to review your self-published comic, guys. It's been a little bit since we've gotten any. I just did one today, y'all. Yeah, that's true. Be they printed, digital, wood-stamped, whatever. And don't forget to go sign up for the THN forums. We talk about them all the time because they're totally kick-ass. Just ask Harvey Locus. He'll tell you all about it there. He loves that damn place. You can discuss this week's show, share your recipe for your favorite drink, or... Just rap about comics. Anything, really. Anything. Your brony fiction. Bathroom photos. (laughs) Remember to follow us on Twitter and like our Facebook page and watch the forums if you want to get in the question of the week discussion. And if you want to hear our answers along with your own audio responses, be sure to check out the Two-Headed Nerd Answer of the Week podcast if you're already subscribing to this show. You did it! Congratulations! You don't need to do anything. It'll appear in your feed every time we publish it. Next week, we're taking a week off. I got to go to Washington, D.C. for a wedding, and Joe Patrick is too lazy to do this show without me. I like to think it's it's because his little heart would break. It's true. It's true. It's so sad. 
But everyone needs a break. Tell them the good news, Joey. The good news is if you need more THN in your life, get over to TwoHeadedNerd.com and check out a full season review of Black Sales by the Credible Hulk. Man, that dude, he works too hard for the paychecks that we do not give him. <laughs> Ludicrous Speed Reviews by Aaron Myers. I know he's a hothead. It's true. But listen, it's true. everyone's got opinions. Hey, it's America. I disagree with everything he says, but I defend his right to say it. Saturday Morning Cartoons, this time all about Dexter's Laboratory. Ooh, love Dexter. And brace yourselves, the long-awaited return of Girl Meets Nerd. I saw a rumor about this on Twitter. I'll believe it when I see it. It's happening. I've got it. I'll tell you what. Jana, she typically doesn't lie about this stuff. Our editor. It's true. She's badass. It's done. I've got it in my hot little hands waiting to post. That's going to go up Monday. That is the normal Girl Meets Nerd day. And I've got other content to post before then. Holy craps. Our weekly shout out goes to Dave Brocky better known as Odorous Urungus, frontman for one of my personal favorite metal bands, Guar. Dave passed away this week, and he will be missed by the entire metal community. There is literally a hole in my heart where this guy used to live. Word to you, Odorous, you had a good 43 billion year run, and we're going to miss you. Until next time, true believers. Remember to pre-order your comics, most notably Caliban from Avatar, because your retailer just might kiss you on the mouth for it. This is the Two-Headed Nerd, signing off. Everything I know about Guar, I learned from the movie Empire Records. That makes me want to punch you in the face. Carry on my way, Was that like lay your weary head to rest? Was like, oh yeah. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more.